Hello and welcome back to the HR Sucks podcast. I'm Katrina Gazarian and we are on episode 25. Josh Levin is a founding partner of Inc. 500 company Empowered Electric and the host of the Empowered People podcast that has published over 200 episodes. Josh overcame a poor childhood of drug-addicted parents, which inspired him to build a company with the ethos of people over profit. On its sixth year in business, Empowered Electric has generated over $30 million in revenue and continues to increase in growth year over year. Maybe there's something to this people over profit thing after all. This episode is packed with employee management and HR strategies, along with a very disruptive cat whose tail makes multiple appearances in the video. I hope you enjoy this episode as much as I did. Today's episode is sponsored by Game Day HR. Game Day HR is changing the way the world thinks about HR. With capabilities to absorb a business's day-to-day HR tasks or support the current HR team, Game Day HR provides an affordable and efficient dedicated HR team to help push your business forward. Visit www.gamedayhr.com today to schedule a free, that's right, free HR audit for your business. With Game Day HR, it's game day every day. Welcome to the HR Sucks podcast, where we'll get down to the good, the bad, and the crap of workplaces today. I mean, I got a cool guy, I guess. He doesn't really like LeBron, or you are a big fan of LeBron, according to Vaughn. Hey, that rhymes. This interview is almost over. (laughs) I'm LeBron only. I'm not like LeBron kind of. I'm only LeBron. Wait, wait, wait. So you actually do like LeBron because I took it as he was making fun of you. No, I hate Michael Jordan. I've gone on the record on almost every platform. There's two things that I'm willing to fight about nonstop. Mm-hmm. I hate Michael Jordan. He's not the greatest of all time. And I hate tacos. Um, those are two things. Do you not see my shirt says Tangle Cheese Man? I mean, you're like <laughs> you're like insulting my Latin <laughs> listeners at this point. No, taco. Well, I have to be careful because uh, I've picked a lot of fights about this. I think they're good. Um, it's mostly those crunchy bullshit tacos that, yeah, sorry if I cu- can't cuss on this. Um, uh, you absolutely 100% okay. can. Um, but it's those crunchy piece of crap tacos. Everybody, everybody that loves tacos comes at me with like these street tacos, these soft shell delicious things. Yes. I'm like, yeah, that's not what I'm talking about. It's like the taco Tuesday buy two for the price of one. Oh no, no. You got to come to LA. You got, you have yeah. to come to LA and you're going to taste real tacos. Okay. That might've, that might've came out not the way I wanted it to. <laughs> My guest so, today yeah. hails from Kansas city, Missouri. We're nationwide now people. He's the founding partner of empowered electric an electrician and design company and host of the empowered people podcast which has published over 200 episodes. That's bananas. Yeah. Josh, don't let your past define you, Levin. Welcome to the show. Sorry, I kept saying yeah and interrupting you during your intro like an idiot. It's like I've never it's done this before. This is what guys do. I'm used to it, you know? Guys never let Gosh, women finish talking. I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm sorry from my gender to yours. I apologize. So 200 episodes, that is crazy. This is this is like number 26, I believe. You're number 26. And like, it felt, it feels like I've been doing this for an, an eternity. Yeah, part, well, part of the reason is, and you, like yours is great. I know I feel like a goofball sending you those texts and saying like your audio quality, your guests, the way that you do answer questions and not interrupt your guests. Um, is way, way better than mine is. The reason that I'm at episode 200 and I've done it for two years is I did not go heavy on interviews. It's a lot harder to interview people over Mm -hmm. and over again, week in and week out, dealing with schedules, doing the research, coming up with the questions. If you just hit record and said, yo, from the way I see it as a business owner, you know, 
perspective and you did those episodes, it would be a lot different. So I probably have 40 interviews, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? So we're not that far apart. I just like to hear myself talk and tell stories a lot more. No, same. I, I, what I, I think my strategy has been to like integrate those types of conversations into the interview. Um, so that way, you know, I've obviously you, you see on my Instagram, we clip it up and make like little videos out of them. Um, instead of me going on and just, I mean, I have a couple of rants on there that you'll probably find. Um, but I don't know. I think, I think for me, like having the dialogue with someone else and getting, I just have like a genuine curiosity for people in general. Like, what's your story? What do you, what's your dreams? What's your mission? What bothers you? Like, I really enjoy, I would say that's the most HR part of me. The rest is like zero. Like I think when my friends found out I was going into HR, they were like, uh, why? (laughs) It's like so outside of my personality. Um, I, I guess I wouldn't understand why, cause you seem like a warm, pleasant person. But <laughs> the second thing I was going to say is, um, I appreciated your, your comments about social media and how the reason you don't like posting opinions or political or religious views is because it's almost impossible to really communicate what you're trying to get across in such a small, you know, snippet. And I was like, man, that's, that is really good. And so when you do do these conversations or these dialogues, it allows for some immediate feedback. If you say something for me to push back and maybe you're like, oh, dude, I got into the biggest fight in the world at work the other day. Cause I'm really big on saying, hey, we want you, we don't need you. Um, I think being wanted is way better than being needed. And, but to this person, they're an Enneagram two or something. I'm not very good at that, but they, they need to feel needed, not wanted. So it was like the biggest insults I could say to this person is I don't need you. I want you. And here I'm thinking I'm giving them the best compliment and they storm out of my office pissed off. And I'm like, what just happened? You know, so that immediate feedback you wouldn't get on social media um, like you would in a conversation. Do you know what your Enneagram is? Um, a seven. Um, Sevens? Are, that- we, we would get along really well. I'm a three. Okay. And so I don't know what that means. So a three is an achiever. Oh, okay. Yeah. So we would get along well because you also, so I'm like an achiever, but my unhealthy, the unhealthy sides of me is like workaholic, not really stopping to enjoy life. You know, those are like the unhealthy, but a seven um, is a dreamer. So a seven will like dream and then kind of plan out that dream. Um, and a seven is heavily reliant on experiences. So it's a good mm-hmm. balance because the seven will tell a three, like, okay, let's like go, let's have fun. Let's like schedule something fun. Let's live life a little. And then three will kind of push seven to get tasks completed. Yeah. I got lots of dreams that follow through and execution. That sucks. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. So that's me. That's where you need friend. You need threes in your life to yeah. kind of help push you forward. So What's the story behind Empowered Electric? That is such a good name, by the way. Like well, that makes so, it so non-electric. Uh, yeah. <laughs> well, I think, yeah. Well, so here's the thing is I, so I grew up, um, I became an electrician to impress my future father-in-law. Um, I was, I kept asking if I could marry his daughter. He kept telling me no, kept tell, calling me a joke. His literally the first time I asked him, he said, no bloody way, you're a bloody joke. Um And I was like, well, crap. Okay. Step one, stop being a bloody joke. (laughs) Um, But so I was looking for a good career path. A commercial electrician is a good career path. I absolutely love it. I felt like a power ranger going to work every day with a tool belt and a hard hat on. It was so much fun. And I was lucky enough to be a part of a company that I excelled really fast. I worked there for 10 years, climbed the ladder really high, was able to finally get the yes to marry my wife. We've been married for 12 years. Um, and, and loved it. Never dreamed one day of entrepreneurship. Entrepreneurship to me sounded like the worst idea. Why would I take on all this risk? Um, because you can make so much money and you can work wherever you want. And then I was like, man, I'm making more money than I ever dreamed possible. I love what I do. Why would I leave? Well, I, for about five years, I got to volunteer at a juvenile detention center Every week I would go and I would speak to 40 plus uh, young men and uh, 30 plus young women. And it was so much fun to me because I was able to speak to them about their past, not dictating their future. 
And I remember the first day I showed up, no, no joke. The first day I showed up, um, a guy said like, what the hell are you going to teach us white boy? Um, and it was just like this, they looked at me and they thought privilege. They looked at me and they thought, here's just another person that's going to tell them like, just say no. Well, what they didn't realize and what most people didn't is I came from a, a household of poverty, addiction, and self-defeat. My mom got pregnant with you when she was 16 years old, dropped out, and literally started to survive by hooking up with, you know, bad dudes. Um, and so my entire childhood was drugs, alcohol, massive, massive abuse. And um, I was able to break that cycle. Um, and so when I would go and speak to them, I would speak as an example, not an influencer. I was one of them that broke, broke through and, uh, little by little, those kids, man, I remember they would be like, you know, like this and their heads would pop up. Cause I would say something that would resonate with them. And, uh, two funny stories, you know, the first, first time kid raised his hand, he said, you're one of us. How? Um, and then the second one I remember, which was kind of the catalyst for empowered is he said, wait a second, man. So you're telling me, even though my mom's an addict, I don't have to grow up and be one. This is a 17 year old man. You're telling me that even though my mom's a drug addict, I don't have to be one. And I said, yes, your past doesn't have to dictate your future. And he said, dude, no one's ever told me that before. So here's a 17 year old man that just thinks this is the story that other people have wrote for me. I don't have a say. And it was through that involvement that I realized, wait a second, can entrepreneurship empower at-risk young adults to break the cycles of poverty, addiction, and self-defeat by learning kick-ass electric work, I can get on board with that. And so I jumped out of that company I'd worked at for 10 years, took a 50% pay cut with this idea of, can I be a for-profit company with a nonprofit heartbeat? So that's that's how it got started. Well, these days they call it a, a B Corp, right? A public benefit mm. company. Oh, I didn't know that. I didn't know that. I'm so, so B Corp, um, like some of the examples, main, I guess, big brand examples are like Patagonia. Um, what are the Eileen Fisher Kickstarter was a B Corp um, method, wow. which is like cleaning supplies at Target. Yeah, love those guys. Yeah. So those are B Corps. And what they what you do is you have to become certified. And it's basically like you can only get certification if you are pouring a certain amount back into the community. You're not trying to dodge paying taxes and things like that. Um, mm. it's, it's, it's not recognized by all states, but there's an organization called B Lab. They were the founders of N1. Remember N1? The, mm -hmm. the oh, shoe yeah. brand? Yeah, they were the founders of N1. They ended up you know, selling N1 to a bigger organization that just tore the company down and just made terrible decisions. And so these guys really wanted to create like a conscious business, mm -hmm. you, you know, environment. And so they started B-Lab. And so now all of these organizations, you go through the certification to earn that badge. Um, and I, it's something I've looked into personally, which I, we will probably will do. Um, but I try to buy goods from B-Lab corporations. Mm, yeah. I'd never heard about that. I'm, I'm, I usually have my head down just working like crazy. So like the word conscious capitalism, I just heard the guy from Whole Foods talk about that, this B Corp. It sounds amazing. The reason that I said that uh, the for-profit company with a nonprofit heartbeat is I, I try to not pay attention to construction. And I read a book called The Promise of a Pencil um, by Adam Braun. Um, Scooter Braun's always in the news, uh, pissing off Taylor Swift for some reason. Um, but, uh, his little brother, uh, Adam Braun started this amazing organization called Pencils of Promise that builds schools all over the world. And he had talked about being a nonprofit company that operated like a for-profit company to basically maximize the good they could do. And I was like, well, if he can do it that way, I should be able to do it this way. If that makes sense. Um, no, it totally makes sense. And I'm, that's, uh, I mean, I think that's very admirable that that's something that you're trying to accomplish. Um, tell me a little more about where you guys are today. How many employees do you have? Yeah. So we turned six years old in March. Um, March 15th will be our six year old birthday. Um, we will have done over $30 million in revenue by the time we hit six years old. Um, we're like, we might even already be there. Um, we have over 50 employees. Um, yeah, it went something awesome. like, you know, 188,000, 1.8 million. So the reason I, this, I tell you this is because my original 10 year plan was like, man, in 10 years, if I could have 10 people and do a million bucks, wow. 
And it was my first year was a half year or, you know, a little less than a half year. And it was 188,000. And then in my first full year, we did 1.8 million and had 13 employees. And it was like, oh crap, 10 year business plan. Uh, not, Done. not good enough. Complete. Yeah. Yeah. And then it was <laughs> like 3.6, 4.4, 7.8, 10. Um, and that, that, that curve uh, got us on the Inc. Magazine top 500 list uh, twice in a row, which was, which really fun. Um, cool experience. So. Yeah. I'm an, like an avid, I call myself a Inc. Magazine troll. Cause I read like every issue cover to cover, not just Inc. It's fast company entrepreneur, which I'm kind of like mm, falling away from only mm. because I have like a personal vendetta against the editor now. I, um, I have one of those with a local magazine here. We would have been number one fastest growing mm -hmm. company in Kansas city in a local magazine. If, uh, there was, there was a reason that we were disqualified. Um, and it was like, screw you guys. <laughs> oh man, um, but we were, we, we were in Inc magazine like three times. Um, it's a bigger I publication. Mean, so yeah, well, I mean, they did, you know, of the 500, they only do like big articles each year on like 40 companies or so. And we were part of that. And then even at the the yearly gala, we were one of the three companies highlighted, which was, yeah, it was really flattering. Cause I'm like, of course, showing up with imposter syndrome, like I'm just some construction company from freaking Kansas city. Mm -hmm. Um, and they're like, Hey, empowered electric. We just read about you guys. You know, yep, it was, yep. it was a lot of fun. Um, yeah, I actually had, um, one of, he was a feature that last year, last year, um, uh, Zane Shobani, he was the CEO of Skyline Brands. He's like a bald guy with glasses. He had a huge spread in Inc. Magazine. So I got him on the podcast and he talks about his story of like how he became featured like in the first place and how it was so bizarre. Um, but yeah, I mean, it, it does sound like a very fun story. And now, of course, he's killing it. He actually, shout out, he sent me an air fryer um, last Ooh. week. Yeah. Those are game changers. They are yeah, he so sent good. me one. I played the game though, you know. I was like, "Hey, so uh, like, which air fryer do you recommend?" I'm like, "On the website," and he was like, "I'll just send you one." I was like, "Nailed it!" <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so if you get emails like that from me, it's because I'm expecting you to send me something for. Yeah. Me. Hey, deal. I'll do it. I'll do it. <laughs> but yeah, it's uh, been it's been a lot of fun. What do you do the all the hiring yourself still? Yeah. So that's been, that's been something fun that like, as we've continued to grow, it's funny about like 20 employees, people started asking me that like, Hey, do you want to outsource HR? Do you want to like not do the interviews? And I was like, no way, man, I want to do every single interview. And so uh, me and my business partner, Paul, I have a partner that jumped on board about a year and a half in um, that we both worked at that last company together. And um, I love it because I think whenever you're interviewing somebody, it's almost like what, what, what's it called when they pick your your marriage what's that called they you know what i mean marriage yeah like when somebody picks your spouse like there's some cultures arrangement an arranged marriage yeah. that's was that yeah, was yeah. my grandparents yeah so i mean it it definitely has worked okay um i'm not i'm not knocking it but like i like to choose who i want to employ i chose my wife i would love i would love to choose the employees that work here and so are you calling your wife an employee no, no, I work for her. No way. Um, I'm, just I'm just saying, I'm just, like, I'm just starting yeah, trouble. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, in the interview process, though, you know, like, I feel like I'm going to have a good feel if this person is a good fit for our, our culture, which I think is the most important thing is, are you a good fit? That is, you know, we say we, we hire based on attitude and effort, not skill and experience, like skill and experience comes with time. Um, and your resume you could just make all that up. You know, I'm the greatest electric electrician foreman ever. And I'm like, Oh, wow, you are like, I don't know that until I hire you. But your attitude, your effort, your personality, all those kinds of things are really important to our brand, our culture. So that's, that's an interview process, I get to feel that out. And then also, I feel like setting the expectations for people, like, hey, this is what we're going to expect. When you come to work here, you're coming, you're coming to play for the Super Bowl. Kansas City Chiefs ain't getting beat probably for the next 10 years. Like that's what you need, you need to realize you're a part of. And if you want to just come in here and coast and clock in and clock out, and this isn't, you know, something you're passionate about, it's probably not going to be a good fit. And I need to tell them that right away. Um, I have like, I mean, I have a foolproof interview 
process. Right? I mean, you were so kind and you sent me some amazing compliments about my interviewing skills, but I've definitely carried that. You know, I learned that from interviewing actual candidates, you know, having like a, again, like I go back to this genuine curiosity about who they are. So I'm not just reading like right, right this moment, I have an episode I outline, right. That we're like following and I sent it to you, but I'm not going like question to question. Like I will skip around and I'll let the conversation evolve. And I think that that's really important to do in the interview process. Like you hear something, a trigger, you want to ask them to talk more about it. Like you want to unpack what they're saying. So what are some of your favorite questions to ask applicants? Oh man. One of the questions I always ask them. So this is so funny and I don't remember where I got it. Gosh, dang it. I need to look this up. But they said, they ask, do you want to be an electrician? And this was somebody talking about their interview skills and they would say, they, do you want this position? And he said, um, if what comes out of their mouth, isn't some form of hell. Yeah. I don't hire them. And so there has to be a genuine excitement because like right now we're in this culture where it's like, I want a job that doesn't feel like a job. And it's like, that doesn't exist. Work is work. Now you can enjoy work. Like I enjoy my job. I enjoy uh, being an electrician. Like I, I love it. And you're going to hear that in my voice. It's not something that's manufactured. And if I don't hear that excitement, it's just kind of like, a, this ain't going to work, you know? Um, but that, that's the only one that really comes to mind is I have got to see, and I don't mean that you got to be like me, like loud and outspoken and talk with your hands. I just mean, this is something that you want. No, definitely. Like if I hired people, everyone like me, we would get nothing done. We would be disruptive and we would talk. And I mean, we would get nothing done because it's just, it would be exhausting to have me everywhere, you know? So all of, all of our staff members are very different from one another, like on this, any type of personality scale, all completely different, right? The values are the same though. The values are the same. The work, they, they all have this like urgency with work and attention to details. And they like, um, I hate, I hate to say it this way because it sounds like I'm blowing like smoke up my butt, but like they have, they have this like desire to want me to succeed because the company Mm. will succeed, you know, like they'll do, they, you know, we have this like crazy relationship. Like, and if you see our group chat on like our text messages, it's just like, like, love you guys. You know, it's just, you know what I mean? Like we're just like, they have, they want to help each other. That's that core value of service. And, and so one of my favorite questions, because accountability is really important to me. I don't care if you fuck up, but you have to admit it. If you don't admit it, I cannot help you. And so one of my favorite questions in an interview is tell me about a time you made a huge mistake. Like, what was it? (laughs) Yeah. What was it? And then how did you ensure that it never happened again? This is really going to tell you if they, if accountability is high on their core value list, like, I can't tell you how many times they're like, I can't think of anything. And I'm like, wow. So you, what that tells me is you don't challenge yourself. You don't take risks. You don't take, or you don't take accountability or you don't work hard enough, or you don't try new things. Like they're like with, for you to tell me, I can't think of anything is so many red flags. Like I can't have you here. Yeah. You know, so in, in that regard, and maybe it's, I'm not, whenever I coughed and I muted it, did you hear me cough? Uh Uh-uh. Okay, perfect. Um, I drank, I've drank way too much coffee today. It's a jam-packed day. Oh, um, no, you're good. We can edit it out so too. If there's, it does. there's, there's two things I always say. So a big tagline, I like thank fortune cookies. It's like how I memorize life. And I say, um, people over profit. Cause when we started, I said, man, what if we cared more about people and less about profit? Would it work? I'm not saying that we don't care about profit. I'm just saying if we leaned left instead of right. And I don't mean political. I mean, like if we just erred on the side of caring about people, both internal, our employees and external, our customers, mm-hmm. would we be able to succeed? I think six years, the verdict is yes. And if that doesn't create a reaction in them, um, it's that not a good sign. It's like the, when they hit your knee and you're like, your leg moves, mm-hmm. if like your reflex to that idea isn't good, not a good fit. And then the other thing is we say, always realize this, Um, We're looking for people to work with us, not for us. 
And a lot of times what will happen is there's two different types of people. Like somebody will be like, dude, I love that. I want to be a part. I want to be, I want to be treated and, and, and take ownership and like the responsibility. Mm-hmm. Other people take it as what that means is they want all the reward. And it's like, whenever I say with us, not for us, if they highlight the reward more than the responsibility, then I know it's not a good fit because it's like you said, it's the accountability. Cause like it's mine and Paul's name and social security number and wife's names and wife's social security numbers on everything. If this goes belly up, we're on the hook. And if they don't feel that, um, I would never require that of them. They're not owners, but like feel that buy-in it's probably not going to work. Totally. Yes. 100%. Um, that's why I love, have you heard of like ESOP programs? Mm -mm. Okay. So ESOP, ESOP programs is, um, you basically uh, like your, all of your employees have stock in the company. Oh, oh, okay. Yes, yes, yes. Like they all own the company basically, but um, obviously a certain smaller percentages than it would be for you, but it's like, when you give them, when you empower them, when you empower them to be owners, it now it's not a matter of like my work or your work or who gets credit. It's just like, um, I really want this company to succeed because I own a part of it. And don't you? And yeah. it's like, yeah, so let's figure this out. Like you, you have a bigger reason to work things out and get things done. No, that's so good. And seriously, in the construction industry, stuff like that isn't thought about a lot. Um, people are often treated like batteries where they're just like plugged in, sucked dry and thrown away. And it's like, we've constantly wanted to treat people different. Like we want them to want to work here, that they don't want to retire. They want to succeed and continue to be here. And we do some amazing projects throughout Kansas city, great restaurants and breweries and stuff. So we try to have a fun, you know, positive atmosphere. Um, But looking at that, that potential of ESOP, I didn't know what that meant, but I was like, man, I would I would love that. I, I think the culture of there's a gas station called Quick Trip and grocery store called Hy-Vee that just have such great um, employee engagement. It's like really, really interesting. That's our future for sure. Yeah, for sure. I, I love that employee engagement. That to me, that is like the key to a company's success. And I've written articles about it. I've taught courses on it. Like that is like HR for me, isn't the handbooks and the documents and stuff, right? Any, any consultant or platform can provide all of that for, for me, it was about engagements. How do we increase employee engagement? How do we, how do I create a party with every organization that we work with? Like, I just want it to be one big party all the time, like an HR. And I've said this over and over again. It's like, oh, we can't be friends with anybody. I'm like, well, no wonder Mm. why everybody hates you. You know, like who came up with this? Like you're supposed to serve these people. How can you serve them if you don't know them? Yeah. You know, for me, I'm like the nosiest person ever. I'm like, like, hey, how's your wife? Huh? How's your kids? Um, And if I know you're a fan of a sport, like I want to know what your favorite team is. I want to know who your celebrity crush is. I want to know like your favorite food. And like, these are, these are things that, you know, I, I wouldn't tell clients to do it if I wasn't doing it myself. You know, I walked in the office yesterday and um, I saw a little like post it with my name on it. I hadn't been in the office in a while and it had it was like a case of Kirkland, like Costco brand cold brews, little cans and a, a bag of sriracha almonds. Mm. And it was from one of my employees. It's like she knows my heart. Like she knows, and I don't, she knows I don't have a Costco membership because it's just me and my daughter. Like, what am I going to do with all that stuff? Um, and so she knows I don't have a membership. Her and her husband does. And, and she just picked it up. Like she just yeah. picked it up and thought of me. And like, that's what I want all of our like clients to, or all organizations or all employees to experience. Well, what's weird about that is like, and, and I've experienced this, like growing to 50 employees or whatever. It's like the, the idea of fairness like creeps in and screws that up. And what I mean is like, well, you don't want to do that because then you might show favoritism towards this employee or, you know, blah, 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 blah. And it's like, I hate that. Like when I, whenever I go to Costco or whatever, and I see something that this employee will enjoy because I know them, I want to, want to be able to buy them that thing or send them that text or whatever, or buy them a book, you know, like, Oh, Hey, you love CrossFit. I love CrossFit. 
do you see this book? Like I got the CrossFit Bible. It was $7 on Amazon, ships into your house. And it's like, well, you might set yourself up for a discrimination case because you didn't send a book to all employees. And I'm like, shut what if up. They don't, what if they don't want a book? You know, what if, so you're offering gym, let's just say you're offering gym memberships, um, like reimbursement. Not everybody goes to the gym. So the people that maybe have to work out at home, you know, because of kids or whatever that reason is, what do they get? Like every, every that's, it's supposed to be like a customized package, mm. right? Like a customized yeah. relationship. Like I have, I have three best friends, girls. You might've seen one walking around over uh, behind me at some point. I, I came to see her. the Mamba. Oh, <laughs> I, I came over, I came over here because, um, the gym, the gym that I go to, that's open, very rare gyms that are open right now is by her house. And so I drop and my daughter's school is by her house. So I drop my daughter off. I go to the gym and I live like in Pasadena, which is like a 40 minute drive. Mm. And I had this podcast to record. And so no questions asked, right? She's just like, here, my key, here's the key. It's under the mat. Just go in, take a shower, get ready, record your podcast. Um, I have three friends and like, they're all very different. And they all don't care about like the same exact things. Core values yeah. though, same, right? Like we all, it's respect and um, community and growth and truth. Like we have all the same core values, um, but like buying one thing, like if I, I can't buy a Dodger shirt for my friend, Lacey, who's not a Dodger fan, right? So, so they each get like a customized love plan, you know, like yeah. the, and their love languages are all different. And yeah. the, the topics that I talk about with them, they're all different. And so with your employees in an organization, it has to be all different because they're all different people. And even then they change. They change year over year, right? Now some of them are having babies. Some of them are getting married. Some of them are going through a divorce. Some of them, their kids are teenagers. And so it's supposed to be customized. Yeah. But, but no. you know who fucks it up? It's the law. Yeah, no, that's, that's what I mean. And I'm not against like, I don't, I don't want things to not be fair, but I mm -hmm. don't want good to not happen because fairness is holding me back. And it's funny, some of the things I do, they're literally just because I like them. And then I find out they're good. And so this is what I mean by this is at the last company, anytime, like they would do something for my wife, Bridget, it would be special. Like I knew, um, or if they didn't, like I, I, she maybe would feel left out. And so like, we would go to a company event or something and she would feel kind of out of place. And so I remember at like our first Christmas party, you know, there's like, you know, 16 of us or something like that. And there's this, uh, awesome, uh, leather earring called nickel and suede. I'm mm -hmm. really good friends with the founders. And so I was like, Hey, and at that point, I think all of our employees, um, were male. Um, and so I was like, Hey, let's, 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 let's get this crazy decked out display of all these nickel and suede earrings and say that the spouses can just take whatever they want. And we'll, you know, it's a Christmas present to them from us. And dude, they lost their minds. Like they were so happy and thankful and appreciative. And, and it's just, so we've always kind of tried to think about the spouses or their families in that way. Um, and uh, I later found out there was like employee retention triples if you get the spouse feeling engaged by giving them swag and all of a sudden the other I was like that's not why I did it right but being a good person is good business like caring about the person you know what I mean and that was something that I just learned from my wife and just seeing her interaction with like the company you know what I mean that, that's a very intentional move right a lot of decisions that we make in business are unintentional they like you're not really using you're not you, what we call it. And it's a fluffy word. It's like emotional intelligence. Um, you're just doing things because LinkedIn told you to do it or a podcast you listen to told you to, to do it. But again, you can't put a blanket solution or a blanket strategy on every single, not on people. I mean, you could do mm -hmm. it with processes, right. And operations and billing and things like that, but you can't do it with people because we change every day. I mean, gosh, I'm a woman. Like I change every hour, you know, <laughs> <laughs> some weeks even more like frequently so mm. it's just I think that you know one of we obviously we're both like familiar with Andy uh, for, uh and Ed Milet and the oh like who I know 
They're nobodies now. They're kind of like has-beens at this point. Uh, that's what I thought. I thought it's all about like... like Josh and Katrina now. Um, the the reason why I the, I think it was one of the first episodes I ever heard was on the MFCEO um, podcast. Um, he, Andy talked about automating caring. Like you cannot automate caring. And I was and I, as an HR person, that was like my love language, right? I'm like, no, you can't. And why do we try? Like, why do we keep trying to automate it? It's so like inauthentic and it's so inefficient. Um, and I can smell it from like a mile away. Um, just like LinkedIn, right? You get these like messages that, you know, they're just templated messages and like, you don't actually know what I do or what I want or what I need. And that bothers me. Um, speaking of that with employees, again, just going back to the customized experience, do you have a crazy employee story you want to share? Um, I mean, so a positive and a negative one. Self-awareness, like everybody talks about it, being mindful, whatever. Um, I don't think anybody's self-aware, myself included. I think we think we're self-aware, but it's like, I've never fired someone and then been like, you know what? Yep, I deserve that. Like, I just, you know what? I blew it. I suck. I deserve this. It's always my fault. Every single time I'm a piece of crap. Uh, I'm a liar, whatever. And it's just like, it just blows me away. And I'm, listen, I, so one thing that we do, like I said, all the hiring, I also do all the firing because I feel like it's an autopsy. Like it's a time to get critical information on our business. Like how did we fail? How did they fail? How can we sure. avoid this? in the future, but I'm just like, I'm, I'm taking notes. Like, I want to know what they have to say and how I can get better. But I'm just like, man, is anybody ever going to think maybe they did something wrong to get right. let go? I feel like you don't get fired. You kind of fire yourself, right? Yeah. My, my, that, my partner, Paul says that all the time. And that my love is called an exit interview, by the way, in case you wanted to give that a title. <laughs> mm, yeah. Um, I think it, we call it suck. I hate it. Cause I like making <laughs> people happy. And so, but it's also something I do because I think I owe it to them as a human being to let them know what the reasons they're getting let go so they can hopefully change them. You know, like I, I'm not trying to just make my life easier. Um, so it's a very uncomfortable thing for me as a leader, but that I embrace, um, I suck at it, but I, but I do it. And, uh, but one, one crazy story, and this is just a testament to what we're trying to build is we have, we have one employee in particular, I'm just going to say his name, Nathaniel um, Galbraith. He's freaking GI Joe. He is just an amazing electrician. And long story short, man, he was trying to get on board. He was kind of hit and miss like, Hey, you know, could we hire him? You're one, you're two. And he kept like being like, Hey, Josh, I want to get on board with empowered. What's going on? Why haven't you offered me a job? And I'm like, Nathaniel, I can't, I can't afford you. I must, I took a 50% pay cut. Like I can't pay you. You're the best mm -hmm. electrician I know. And he told me what he was making at a previous company. And I was like, dude, I could start you today. Like they are mm -hmm. grossly underpaying you. What is going on? Yeah. Um, and it's because he just, he's not a negotiator. Like he's one of those people that like wants his actions to back up. Well, anyways, they had offered him some bogus raise and mm -hmm. uh, he, he just called me and said, Hey, I, you know, I don't want you to even match it. If you can pay me this, you know, I'll come. Well, so whenever he put in his two week notice, they offered him a $12 an hour pay raise, $12 an hour. So I don't even, I can't even do the math. That's a lot. I mean, it's a mm -hmm. minimum wage job for free. Um, right. And uh, he turned it down and said, no, if you knew that I was worth that, you should have paid me. Yes. Um, and, and came, and came to work for us and still for the original thing we had talked about. Um, and so he is just, he is a field director here. I mean, he is you know, promoted multiple times. I mean, he is a pillar of our company, but it was that with us, not for us. He's like, I want to get paid whenever we can, we can afford to pay me um, that amount. But I was just blown away that he just didn't even skip a beat. He's like, no. So that was crazy to me. Pro tip for you and anybody listening. If your good employees are coming to you for a raise first, you're already too late. Mm. What do you think about this? So let me ask. Um, so we, for apprentices, because of the growth scale on what they come in at to what they're going to make as a journeyman, it's a little, little steeper. Mm -hmm. So we have two evaluations scheduled every single year with them. It's in July and January, every single mm -hmm. year for every employee apprentice, we, we evaluate them in the month of July and January, and then raises take effect February 1st, August 1st, every single year for apprentices. 
And then with journeymen and foremen, like the, they've gone through the four-year apprenticeship program, it's once a year in January, every single year without question. And we do do the second meeting with them, but it's more like a goal catch-up meeting, like how are things going? What do we need to change? What do we need to help you with? Um, but it's, it's scheduled in the books every single year. We've never missed. Um, but we just say, we don't talk about money except for those, those times. What do you think? I think you, I think as long as it's consistent, it doesn't matter. You know, as long as it's consistent, it's properly communicated. Everybody has expectations managed in the line. Oh my gosh. My friend's cat is like, (laughs) Um, as long as it's consistent, um, communication is consistent. They know what to expect. You can do whatever you want. You can have, Mm. you can essentially come up with any rule you want in a company, as long as it's consistent and it makes sense. Um, and then people just know what's coming. They understand why it's communicated to them properly. I don't have, I don't see a problem with that whatsoever. Okay. Yeah. We just, we, we want to give that feedback. I just don't want to every single month be talking to somebody about money. It's like, dude if i'm just nope. talking about raises i'm not selling jobs that are going to keep no, no, us no. employed no no so so yes like I, I mean in terms of uh promotions promotions can happen any at any point of the year right because it depends on the needs mm-hmm. of the company um the qualifications the career path but when it comes to raises like merit increases like you're just staying you're in the same position i always tell our clients tell them to wait until performances are done. You never, you never want to give a raise without a performance review attached to it, unless it's a promotion, right? Cause now with a promotion, you have a new employee agreement, you have new duties, responsibilities. Um, but as far as merit in- increases go, and this is also for liability, this is, this creates a very defensible position for any type of discrimination claims. You always performance review attached. Oh my gosh, this cat is psycho. Well, dude, whatever you're spitting over there, I'm writing all this stuff down. This is like a free consultation. Um, I'm loving it. Um, Yeah. So, I mean, what that does for you is number one, like you said, it doesn't distract you all every day of the month when employees are like, can I have a raise or, or, you know, you say, well, let's wait for a review period. And then you, and then it has to all be scaled and weighted together. Right. And so what you do is, um, you basically decide, okay, well, how did we do this year? What can we afford in merit increases? And let's just say it's like one, you know, 5%, 3% and maybe 1%. And so you create like the metrics of if they score between this and this, they get a 5% merit increase. If they score between this and this it's 3%. And then, you know, if they don't score very well, it's maybe 1% inflation costs or something like that. So, but it all has to be tied together and there has to be a system Mm -hmm. for it. This is where uh, companies get in trouble for discrimination claims. This is where toxic culture issues can arise, right? Because it's like- Sorry, I'm not texting. I'm doing math right now to see- Oh, no, no, you're good. You're good. (laughs) So, and so- and what, what companies get wrong is they, they just give arbitrary raises like, Oh, a dollar, um, $2, uh, like, you know what I mean? And it just becomes, it just be, there's no like system or data behind it becomes cat is ridiculous. (laughs) I don't like cats, but I have to like this one. Mm, No, that's, that is super interesting. And, you know, um, yeah, we, we try to personalize everything, but you're right. Sometimes it's hard to be tangible and Hey, you got this raise because you're killing it. And I like you, um, leads to possible problems with discrimination, which we try to tie it a lot to their skills. It's just hard. Um, you know, there's to become an electrician. I'm not saying it's the most complicated thing in the world, but there are a lot of pieces. So it would be like saying like, go become a great football player. It's like, well, a great lineman, quarterback, cornerback, what, like what position? And you're like, yep, be a great football player, (laughs) you know? So, cause some guys, some guys and gals excel at some things and not others, you know? Absolutely. Um, Absolutely. So we talked about the podcast, the empowered people podcast. Um, mm-hmm. I have to ask, and then you have, you know, empowered Casey is like your domain name. Um, yeah. Empowered, empowered electric. electric was, I think empowered electric was taken or it was like $7,000. And I was like, who the heck? I'm paying seven thousand dollars, right? Um, so empowered KC kind of worked in our logo. Oh, 
our logo is really cool. This EE. I've, I've seen it. Super cool. But then also like we. You got to send it, me um, something. Yeah. KC. KC right there. Um, but so we were able to adapt it and we just, I, I, I never thought I would love Kansas City as much as I do. Um, growing up poor, we got, we moved a lot, got evicted a lot. After I graduated high school, um, I traveled the country. I, I say like I did an American walkabout. I just like went, lived in so many different states. And then I realized a couple of years in like, man, Kansas City was where home was. And so came back and yeah, never, never thought I would love this or running a company so much. But, you know, the reason, one of the reasons I, I started the podcast, it was talking about the juvenile detention center. Um, it was almost the same thing. It's like, I couldn't go there anymore. There were some, some issues that happened internally to the organization that made them clamp down on volunteers. But there was this idea of like storytelling, of taking my past, like my wife always says, the, the less, uh, the more I forget, the less I can relate. And so if we don't tell the stories about our past, if we don't talk about the, the wins and the losses, the battles and victories and, and hardships, we forget kind of why we are who we are. And with the podcast, you know, to a lot of people, I'm succeeding. I mean, I have a, you know, beautiful wife, four beautiful kids, um, business is crushing. Um, there's just so many things in my life that are going well. And I think a lot of people look at that and go like, man, I could never do that. That's not for me. Um, whatever. And they kind of self-fulfill the prophecy that like what their life is going to be is what it's always been. And I just want to say like over and over and over again, your past does not dictate your future. It's something I said every single week to the juvenile kids. And then I remember watching, I am not your guru by Tony Robbins. Mm -hmm. And he said, guys, when will you realize that your biography doesn't equal your destiny? And there's something about someone smarter saying something that you say you came up with yourself and you're like, mm -hmm. I'm not an idiot. Um, like it's true. And so whether it's, I honestly think my podcast is less for entrepreneurs and more for people that just want to achieve a better life. I don't care if you're a stay at home uh, parent or if you're a employee or an artist or a construction worker, like I want to see you have a more fulfilled life and kind of stop letting things hold you back. So that's a lot about what it is and kind of why I started it. It's not to generate money. It's not to find new talent, even though it's, it's done all of the above. It's really been me going, Hey man, I want to be an example of what's possible in your life. I don't want to be an influencer. I'm not good looking enough. I ain't got abs <laughs> enough to get you to like it. Um, but can I go, can, I hope you listen and go, man, if this dummy can do it, sure, surely I can. I'm, I mean, I'm with you. I think I'm sharing, like I start, I'm starting to share more details about like my upbringing and childhood. And I think people, you know, they don't understand like how, I mean, I was like criminally neglected as a, mm. as a child. I was in a babysitter's house with drugs and alcoholism, sexual mm. abuse. I had to report a sexual uh, molestation of another child when I was 10 and so, you know, we all, my, my, but the thing is, and it's, it's funny, you mentioned Tony Robbins because he's actually from Azusa, which is where I went to school. Wait, Azusa but, Pacific University? That's the university, but I went to the actual high school. Oh, yeah. Sorry, but it's I a, just talked, I just talked about Azusa Pacific University because I heard a valedictorian guy give an amazing speech one time. This is like 20 years ago and I no, still remember a, it to the day. It's a great school, but I mean, it's literally the high school is like a mile from the university. Okay. Um, but, and so I always have like a, with Tony, cause I'm like, you never represent Azusa homie. Like you never <laughs> talk about that you're from Azusa. Um, and so, but anyway, he has, I think it was it, on the, I, that Netflix show you talk about, he says, um, we are who we are today because our parents weren't who we needed them to be. Mm. Yeah. I, and that, I, know, like, I remember the exact scene. Yeah. That chills. like, just that like really kind of put me inside of myself because, you know, I, up, up until that point, I had so much resentment, like toward my parents. I mean, just the amount that I had to struggle with was not, we weren't poor. I, they weren't drug on drugs. Like there was no excuse. There was no reason that I had to struggle and suffer the way that I did, which makes it kind of worse because you're like, hold on, you drove a Mercedes my whole life. And yet I still had to start working at 14. Like mm. it just, you know what I mean? Like it, it, yeah. they just, family wasn't a core value, obviously. I've now I'm older and I don't know if my mom wanted to be a mom. 
you know, and so she wasn't <laughs> essentially. Um, but I, I do, I'm starting to like, I think before talking about it, I felt like, I don't want people to pity me. Like, I don't want people to feel sorry for me because I would not be the kind of mom I am today had my mom not been the kind of mom she was right. Because mm, I'm like, I'd yeah. be damned if I want, if my daughter was going to feel that way about me, you know? <clears throat> yeah. So, no. And in, in, in that scene, he also says like, if you're going to blame them for all the shit in your life, you have to blame them for all the good. And it's like my mom. Yeah. She was trying to survive. I mean, I, I love my mom. I think she did the best that she knew how, um, mm -hmm. not necessarily the best she could have, but the best she knew how, because she valued survival. And that's sometimes whenever I, you can't dream what you haven't seen. And so there's that hierarchy of survival, success, significance. And it's just like, stop thinking about where we're going to sleep tonight. And that's why you stay with this drug addict that's going to beat the hell out of us. Like, mm -hmm. think about what could it look like to be safe and secure. And I mean, I always tell people, I'm like, <clears throat> look, the biggest raise I ever got in, in my career path as an electrician was like four, like $4 an hour. And I'm like, that felt really cool. I'm telling you giving raises feels better than any raise I ever received. And it's like, it's hard yeah. for people to realize that when they're just thinking about survival and it's like, what would it look like for you to not care about what's in your bank account, but someone else's bank account? Like, mm -hmm. you know what I mean? And it's, it's the joy. It's, oh. it's the, it's the, look at our kids, man. Like, dude, do, do your kids pull their own weight? Cause my sure as hell does not do anything for me. So, but how much joy do we get from doing things for them? Like the little things, you know, braiding her hair or, or even telling her now she's older. So it's now I tell her to take a shower. But when she was little, I remember I used to hear people like, Oh, I have to change their diaper. And I loved it. I, I felt clean. I felt like I just wiped my own ass when I changed her diaper. Like there's something really like caring about other people. It makes you feel good. That's why I, I, I don't know if you saw my video yesterday with my team. I did this whole exercise with them. Um, you know, cause some of them have some weight loss goals. Like they want to, you know, want to have kids and things like that. And they're having trouble staying like disciplined and kind of, you know, on, on track with, being conscious about food. And so I was like, name your body, somebody you love. Like, because if you, mm. if you loved it, if you loved your body and stopped hating it, you would treat it a hundred times better So true. because we treat our kids way better than we treat ourselves. Yeah. And so, That's and so, so it's the same, it's all related, right? It's all related as a leader, as a parent, as a friend, like I love like just spoiling my friends, like even if it's something simple, cooking them some eggs, I don't know, getting them coffee, right? I feel like that's why I love Christmas because I yeah. get to do all these things. Well, why? I mean, that should go into business too. Why are we like missing that? Like, why can't we see that? Like you said, yeah. right? That's where joy comes from. The problem is it's it's been commercialized, right? You have like the Tony Robbins and all these people talking about it. Um, and so people have become immune to the message, until they hear it like a different way. And that's kind of how we go as people, right? You're so right. You're so right. Like whenever it's like the, which I love Tom's shoes, which mm -hmm. the guy's name's not Tom. It means tomorrow's uh, shoes, tomorrow's mm -hmm. shoes or whatever. It's Blake, uh, right? Blake. Uh, yeah. Something. Mix something. But like, you know, you buy a pair of shoes, they give a pair of shoes away. And then you see like all these people doing that, but it'll be like seven times the price of a competitor's thing. And you're like, well, you better be giving somebody one away. You're, I'm paying for two of them. I'm paying for six of them. And it's like, yeah, just doing good for your benefit seems so, so goofy. Um, yeah, I don't like it. I no, like it does. It. I don't like it either. That's even like the self-promotion or like, you know, because I think people confuse personal branding with self-promotion. It's not oh. the same. It's not the same. Me For me, my brand is just my brand, which is I say what I feel and it's the truth. And oh my God, cat. Hello, cat. Go away. Um, and, you know, you have all these people like w one mo moment they're posting about, you know, their Rolex or their diamond chain or whatever. And then the next post, they're talking about how material things don't mean anything. It's like, that's a very inconsistent brand. You know, yeah. that's just you being, that's just you self-promoting and, and you're telling you're trying to get people to live the same life that you live. And I'm telling you right now, number one, they'll fail at it and they're, and they're going to hate themselves for it. 
Mm, yeah. And, and that's, dude, that's, that's why I say over and over and over again, I want to be an example, not an influencer. Um, when, when I started Empowered, everybody talked about personal brand and growing your personal brand. And um, I love all things Gary V. But like, I remember being like, yo, man, I am never going to sacrifice Empowered Electric to boost myself up. Like it's mm-hmm. empowered first, not me. That's why it's not Josh's electric. It's about us, not me. And so like our, our empowered electric Instagram podcast, all these different things grew tremendously. Mine has nothing. And I, it's funny on the empowered Instagram, I always ask people, who do you think like uh, employees? I'm like, who do you think the face of the company is? And a lot of times people will say me and I say, no, man, I'm the voice but look at Instagram, look at all our social media. It's hard to find a picture of me on, on anything. Uh, um, yeah, be- because someone failed uh, a headshot. <laughs> so I had to go, cert- you know, trolling yeah. the internet for one. And you were like the 10th person down on uh, your website. Well, let's kind of, let's tell everybody, like where can yeah. listeners find you, your company, your products? <clears throat> yeah. So when it comes to social media, just at empowered KC. So that's E M P O W E R E D K C. Um, that's all things. So Twitter, Facebook, LinkedIn, Instagram, all that kind of stuff. My name is Josh Levin. You could probably find me through that. The empowered people podcast is where I try to speak a lot. Um, that's been a really fun thing. And so if any listeners do want to cross over and, and take a peek over there, it's a lot of stories about, you know, past pain, um, leading to today's strength. So I share a lot about that. And, um, I'm always open to talk. I mean, my telephone number is 816-500-9452. I give that out unashamedly nonstop all the time because like I've been playing with house money since I was four years in to be an electrician 16 years ago or whatever it was. Mm-hmm. Um, I just feel so fortunate if there's something I can do or explain and help somebody get, you know, get ahead. That's I, I love it. So the empowered people podcast and at empowered KC on all social media platforms. Awesome. And I got to come out there. I know I got to hang out with you and our guy, Vaughn. 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 The Impaler. He's so funny. Oh my gosh. He's, yeah, he's, he's a good, I, I love him that to guy. Death. Yeah. He's he'll like he, say something that is like, I don't know, like, like he'll, he's, he's like funny and he jokes and he'll like say something, but then he's very sensitive to like, did I offend you? And I'm oh, like, yeah. look, if you're going to say, if you're going to talk shit, you need to own it. Like, don't, I come, know. He don't come apologizing me, to me. <laughs> he said, does he send you those voice text messages? Yeah, he does. Or he'll unsend things. He, he sent me like a four minute voice <laughs> apology. And I was like, what are you talking about, dude? We're like, oh, I know. we're great. We're good friends. Um, yeah, he's, I, I love him to death. And yeah, I mean, we could talk about it we can wrap this up because I could talk to you forever. I mean, this, you're a great interviewer. This is a fantastic podcast. Um, I'm a subscriber. Like I love it. Um, And, uh, but the Arate syndicate, I I know nothing about it. Um, I I need to know more. I mean, I've listened to Andy and Ed and know Vaughn pretty well. Um, But yeah, we'd love to hear your interactions on that and stuff. So yeah, I mean, podcast part two. I don't want to brag. Um, it was a very strategic move for me to join Arte because I knew there wasn't going to be like another HR co- like entrepreneur in there. So I want to say we have at this point, maybe like 12 to 14 clients from Arte. Wow. Yeah. That's See, I'm so, people think I'm like super networked and like good at business development. I suck so bad. I'm good at selling jobs. And like, once I meet you making connections, but like, I'm so anti, like you said, whenever, dude, when I connect with you on LinkedIn and then it's like message this big, I'm like, get out of here. I hate it so much. I never want to come off that way. Um, Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And so, but it it stops me from even engaging at all because I don't want to seem like that. You know what I mean? Well, Um, all I did, all I've done is because people are in the group um, asking questions all the time. And so I just go in and answer the ones that I can answer. Um, or I'll send them something like templates. I mean, we have like over a hundred templates for employee and HR stuff. So I'll just go and they ask for something. I send it to them and then they kind of, okay, what do you guys do? And then that's like where the whole conversation, like what do services do you offer? So I'm there, this is like not even pitching to them. It's just, I sent, I answered a question that they had, you know, curiosity about, and then 
that was it. Conversation kind mm-hmm. of just evolves from there. And, and then we signed them on. I mean, there's definitely a need with yeah. some, with, you know, with HR and like getting these things done. So, but yeah, anyway, let's, I I'm, I'm so glad we made it. I'm so glad you came on. Thank you for being here. And, uh, thank you everybody for listening. You can find us on Instagram at HR sucks. Don't forget to subscribe to our podcast. So you don't miss a beat. That's right. Oh,